Psalm 119 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. What a wonderful assurance we have in God's holy word. And I hope you will join us for the next quarter of an hour as we study the scriptures in this edition of Shi'ar Jashub, coming to you from the church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be finishing a sermon delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, on Israel's demand for a king from 1 Samuel chapter 8. This sermon is part of a larger series on heavenly authority, and if you have been following along, you know that at this point in the study, the Israelites have gathered together at Ramah before the elder judge Samuel, saying, Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. The Lord tells Samuel, They have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So let's review a few moments of last week's program as we move on to Pastor Greg's insightful conclusion. And human nature says, well, if we have the same type of strong leader, the same type of king, it's going to be the answer to all our problems. We don't have to constantly do this religious repentance stuff. We'll just have power. We'll have earthly civil authority. And there's this tendency of people to place themselves in bondage to this strong central government because it makes their lives easier. They think sometimes that freedom is too hard. And freedom sometimes can be too hard. It requires great responsibility on each member of a free society. Judges was a free society at that time. The people were not responsible. And there was chaos and a lack of strength because of that. A free society requires great moral strength, great moral character. But if you don't have that and you want strength, then you need to go to something centralized, some type of strong leadership, because freedom is just too hard. And that desire to follow one strong one, it brings in the Alexander the Greats. He'll take and unify our Greek states. And we'll follow him, this demonic Alexander that at 30 some odd years old spread his rule even over into Persia. It brings in the Caesars. It brings in the Kaisers. It brings in the Tsars. It brings in the Napoleons. It brings in the Hitlers and the Stalins. Because we need a leader, a strong man that we can place all our trust in. And someday it'll bring in, the scriptures tell us, the Antichrist. Jesus, the true king, came humble. He came bearing truth. But he was not the type of king the people wanted. In John chapter 5, what does he tell them? He says in verse 43, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. He speaks of how they will receive the kingship of another. Give us a king. Give us a monarch. Anything rather than letting God reign over them. 
letting God be king in each man and woman's life. How often there are those in this world that make fun of Christians for believing God, saying, well, you have this crutch that you lean on, or who make fun of us for believing and having obedience to scriptures. And as they make fun of us for believing, feeling like we're leaning on this faith in Jesus Christ, they don't realize that they themselves will become slaves, worshipers of the prominent people of this world, the elite, those who tell them things, those who use propaganda to move them like mindless sheep to believe what's ever said in the media, whatever the government tells them, whatever some expert tells them, and they think they're independent. Be wary of those who say, I want to be my own person. I don't want to be ruled by God, because usually that person who thinks they're so independent, sooner or later becomes ruled by something. If not God, then for sure something else. They're not even aware of it. They can be ruled by the creation. They can have desires. They can have things they can't satisfy, they can't control. They become ruled by people who manipulate them, who tell them, you're good, you're okay, there's nothing wrong with you. Tell them anything they want to hear like a salesman just to take and manipulate them along the road they want to put them on. They become slaves to something other than God, and when it's other than God, it's of the enemy. They may think they're independent, but they're not. They're slaves of the enemy. And it's a common thing, all too common, to relinquish the nobility that God desires for each man and woman under him, to relinquish the freedom he has for us as we're obedient to Christ to be responsible individuals, to make decisions for our families, to do what's right in the sight of God, and instead to take the power God gives to us, even as Adam took the dominion God gave to him, and turn it over to someone else, even as he turned it over to Satan. And say, here, you take it. You rule me. It makes it easy for me. It relinquishes my responsibility. And that person they give it over to ultimately will trample them. Samuel is God's chosen, and the people don't want him. They want a king. He says to them in verse 8, According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods. And we know about the idolatry. We've studied that. We saw all Moses contending with the people, the idolatry of the people. Just like they did from the day they came out of Egypt, so they are doing to you also. That same idolatry is happening now. It's not worshiping gods of wood and gold and stone, but it's worshiping a man. They desire someone. They want a pharaoh. They want a king, and it's idolatry. And the people usually get the ruler over them they deserve. God tells Samuel, verse 9, Now therefore, heed their voice. However, do what they want. You shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take, notice the verb, take, your sons, and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. 
He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties and will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. And he will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants, and you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. It gives him some picture of what a king does. Was this a true word that God spoke through Samuel about the nature of a majority of the kings? It's true, right? Nevertheless, verse 19, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, for they said no, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. That's the key there. They want someone to fight their battles. Everyone's looking for someone to fight their battles. When life gets hard, if there's only someone that can come in and fight our battles for us, when times get tough in the future and things start to decay, the stock market's not so good and the financial systems are not so good and the environment, our science is not able to control things like we thought it would. And all the things in the world, the wars and rumors of wars, all the peace and security we've spoken about and it looks like it's getting worse and people get afraid. They fear their retirement, they fear their 401ks, they fear what might happen to them if someone can come in and tell them, look, I can solve all your problems and fight their battles for them. Do you think Hitler came into power because the German people said, oh, we want an evil person over us? No. They were taking wheelbarrows full of money to buy bread. They were in trouble. And this man came in. He looked he was going to solve everything. He was their great father. And they give control to a person. And that's the way control will be given. The Antichrist is not going to come in saying, I'm so evil. He's going to come in like riding a white horse. He's so good. He cares for everyone. And the Messiah that God gave us, how does Jesus come in? We'll close with this and we'll, we'll pick up the rest of this next week, Lord willing. Let's see how Jesus comes in. Let's look at Zechariah in the Old Testament. You know, this is, we studied this several weeks back about Palm Sunday. This was fulfilled on Palm Sunday on the Passion Week. How does the only King God come in? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your King is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. He comes in humbly. He comes in gently. He comes in a servant to serve. He doesn't come in to rule. He will rule and reign, and his kingdom will be eternal. But he comes in first to save us, not to trample on us. And the world rejected him. But he says, another comes in his own name. Him you shall receive. 
Lord God, we thank you that your scriptures warn us and speak to us and show us how in this day we are to give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and to be obedient and good citizens and always do our best to do everything right before the governments and the officials, Lord. But that in our hearts and in our lives, we cannot count on any person or institution to be strong enough to fight our battles and to save us. Lord Jesus, you are the only king. You must reign over our hearts and our lives. You must rule over us because you are gentle and humble and there is no fear in seeking you and your rule over our lives that we might have freedom and liberty to do that which is right before you. Shape us and remake us to be the people, the holy, godly people you desire us to be. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We hope you have enjoyed today's study and will be listening as Pastor Greg continues this fascinating and important series. It is always a blessing for the church to hear from our listeners. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service is held at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.